Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to Know Your Gear QA Live number 109. It is Friday, another week's gone by, and uh, I, let's get started. I, I'm excited about this week. I had a great week. It was really busy. Hopefully everything is working the way it's supposed to, and it is. I always wait to see if it replays uh, me talking, and it doesn't. Uh, I got a lot of questions already. It looks like already not only on the pen side up on the super chats, but on the non super chats. Uh, today, I'm going to change the format a little bit. We're going to experiment this time. Let me guys let me know next week what you think of uh, this doing it this way. Uh, I'm going to try to keep the episodes to one hour, especially today because it's it's a holiday weekend and family time is you know we're we're talking guitars, but we're cutting into family time. So I'm going to be very focused on the one hour. What we're going to do different uh, this time is I have some cool stuff to show you and talk about. And we're going to reserve the last like maybe five or 10 minutes of this uh, live uh, broadcast to that. So we'll stop taking questions about 10 till. So just keep that in mind. Uh, so please don't super chat 10 till if you're going to do that. Uh, you know, we'll have to pin them for next week. Let's get into it because there's already a bunch of stuff. And uh, what first thing we have is... Uh, I first I just want to make an announcement. Make that easy. Randy uh, Crooks just did a super chat for no reason. Thanks, Randy. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, Joseph has got a question, and it's a really good one. I like it. It says, "Hey, I'm thinking of uh, a new nut for my Stratocaster, and I wanted your input. What do you think of the LSR nuts? Uh, as I understand it, they are uh, like roller bridges. Um, I'm primarily a '50s and '60s rock uh, player." If you don't know what an LSR uh, nut is, it's a roller nut, and it was used on, and I think it still is. I'm not sure if Fender's abandoned. I think they have at this point. It was usually on the American Deluxe Strats if they had a humbucker. So you could buy an American Deluxe Strat um, and get a, uh, a HSS and get the LSR nut. But if you got the Deluxe Strat with three single coils, you didn't get it. Plus, if you guys remember back in the early 90s, there were Strat Pluses. Those also had LSR roller nuts. Uh, it's basically, it's a, it's a roller nut. <laughs> they look to, like two ball bearings on each side of the string. There's also a roller style one, but the one particular for the LSR is going to look like two ball bearings. And um, the reason I'm going to great lengths to tell you guys that is to explain that you can add that to a guitar. Keep in mind, though, it involves a little bit of routing on the neck. Uh, on the on the on the neck, and there's a little plastic plate that goes in there, and it kind of replaces it. Um, you know, it's a kit. It comes as a kit. I've installed a bunch. It just comes as a kit. Sometimes you just, you know, you just kind of take off that little piece of wood and put it there. Um, the reason I tell you that is, it's it is reversible. I have reversed one. I had a person who had a roller nut and they didn't want it. We reversed it back to a regular nut. Um, but you need this adapter, and it doesn't look the same so the reason i tell you that joseph is if you go out lsr roller nut once you go you're not coming back from it just be just just keep that in mind i know you can technically but let's be honest you're probably not um that being said you know they're cool i love the whole idea of it but i also don't use them on my guitars and my guitars all stay in tune just using either hard materials like bone or graphite or tusk uh for the nuts all my strats are either uh our bone or tusk. And, um, I use lubricant, which is, uh, you can use big bins, nut sauce. There's a ton of them. Um, I use lubricant, like I say over and over again, I'll put a link in the description. Lubricant is the same thing as, uh, as uh, big bins, nut sauce and in, in the way it works, but it comes in a syringe. That stuff is amazing. Uh, I love it so much that apparently when I was watching some of the comments uh, a week ago, somebody made a comment, one of my repair videos, they're like, is this a commercial for this stuff? Yeah, probably. Cause I really like it. 
<laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so basically what I'm getting at is you don't have to put an LSR roller nut to get the guitar to stay in tune. Guitar stay in tune every day with just a bow nut if it's cut right. I would rather have a properly cut nut on a guitar than a mechanism on the guitar. The other thing about the LSR roller uh, nuts is, although I've only seen one in maybe 20 do this, I have seen it where the ball bearings kind of corrode and it kind of gets gunky and it doesn't work as well. Um, although that's not something I would kind of try to use to discourage you, discourage you from it because, I, like I said, it, overall they work great. I don't think you'd be unhappy used to be used to be players used to say that they uh they don't sound the same <laughs> you know what i mean that that's like kind of like a brass nut it it doesn't sound the same i uh, i don't subscribe to that theory i subscribe that it does change the uh, tone but not in a negative way so i like it i like it when the when the guitar's uh got a chimey brightness to it um next what do we have uh Hold on. I know we got another super chat question, but like I said, I'm trying, I try to hit so many non super chat questions. Those are the guaranteed questions. I'll do that number. And then the super chats are on above that. Um, let's hold on. Hold on. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say Keesley, Kelsey. Keasley, you can see my dog in the background. Roof says, what's the easiest way to tell what Duncan design pickups I have in my guitar? Would it be worth changing them to a different Seymour Duncan pickup? Okay, great, great, fantastic question. There's uh, two answers to this to this two-part question. The first thing I'm going to give you the first piece of information, which is uh, the uh, what you need to know, which is how to decide or how to decipher what you have. The first thing you can do when you have a Duncan design pickup, uh, nine out of 10 times when you pull the pickup out and flip it under, it'll have the uh, nomenclature underneath it telling you some kind of code. Um, the code is easy to do. You can go uh, on the internet and uh, you just type in, I'm going to do it right now. Um, Duncan Design. Duncan Design. That way I can just pickups. And I believe it's on Seymour Duncan's website, but let's see. Yep, it is. Uh, and, and yes, uh, let me, uh, share with you guys real quick for those guys watching the podcast. I'm sharing a screen that shows you what it is. <laughs> it's probably not the best description ever. Uh, anyways, here it is. So on Seymour Duncan's website, there is a Duncan designs pickup page and on here, it will give you all of the CHB 104, HB 103. So when you look in the bottom of your Duncan design pickups, it actually tells you exactly what that correlates to in the duncan world uh, so it, what what is the seymour duncan equivalent of that pickup now there's two things to take note on that one i've learned that although every major type of duncan design pickup like if it's a jb clone or if it's a you know an invader clone they're on there but like solar's guitars like a Ola's guitar right there that i'm pointing at uh that has duncan designs in it those duncan duncan designs and they are duncan designs somebody asked me if they're seymour duncans or duncan designs well i could tell you this from the ola uh, guitars we took we took it apart we looked at the pickups and here's what we know they are duncan designs but they are specific duncan designs and they are actually got they even go as far as be they are not uh, uh, named anything like any other Duncan design. So we don't know what they're modeled after or what I believe is, I think he's telling the truth. I think he had them make him some kind of pickup and it just happens to be coming from the import Duncan design side of the side of the business. So it is a Duncan design, but it's its own pickup. It is its own design. Um, and a lot of people are giving me speculation, but I actually, 
uh, you know, know some people at some Seymour Duncan. And I did some probing and, uh, uh, I, that's as comfortable as I feel like telling what I know, but what I know, it's, it definitely seems like it's modeled after something specifically for, for that Ola did. Uh, and, um, we'll just stop there. But anyway, so back to your, uh, your, your question, which is, uh, that's how you find out what you have. I'll put the link. And when I do the index later, for those of you that were, that are curious, if you want to find out what your Duncan designs are, I'll put the link to get there. The uh, second part of the question is, uh, is it worth it? Uh, basically switch them to Seymour Duncan's in my experience. No. Uh, although, and the reason I say that is it's because I've, I, I've done it so many times. Now, when I say so many, it could be five and it just feels like a lot, but, but either way, it's let's say a half a dozen times in my life. Uh, people have brought me Dunk Seymour Duncan pickups to install into your, uh, Duncan design pickups. And when it was the same pickup, in other words, if you had a Duncan design JB and you put a real JB in, I don't know if I heard a difference. And if I did, I don't know if I heard enough to warrant the price that I, you know, that just happened. You know, you pay 80 bucks to get a new pickup that sounds 2% better than your old pickup, I guess. So I'm going to say it wasn't worth it for me. That's not, that's my money. So if I've Duncan designs, I, I leave them. But that being said, what if you don't like the Duncan designs? Like, let's say it is a Duncan design JB and you don't like the JB and you want to go to a, you know, a different pickup, like a custom custom or then do that. That makes sense. Then it makes sense to go to a Duncan, uh, a real Duncan in a different model. But I would not recommend anyone taking a Duncan design model and getting the American version of it. And uh, when I say that, I want to be clear because I'm sure some of you out there have done it and you're going to put in the comments, hey, I've done it and I've, it's better. I'm not saying it's not better. I'm just saying for me, I can't tell you that for the price that's that's going to cost to do that, it warrants the difference in sound that I heard. So, so it's all the, but it's your money. Spend it the way you feel happy. <laughs> okay. What else do we got? Let's go, uh, let's go back to, uh, oh my gosh, you guys really started <laughs> pushing questions out real fast. Okay. Um, okay. Hold on a second. Hold on. Okay, uh, uh, Tillin Mars says, hey, Phil, last week I asked about which Strat to get. Turns out it wasn't a Fender at all. Uh, I got, oh, it was a vintage V6 Thomas Blug. Uh, what, a, what a great guitar. Spoke to me right away. Your advice were great. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm a Thomas Blug fan, by the way. If you guys don't know who Thomas Blug is, uh, the uh, um, he is the guy who makes Blug amps, uh, B-L-U-G. Uh, I'll put a link when I do the index to uh, to his website. Thomas Blue Gamps are these great little like they go on. The, it's like a, basically like a, a little mini Axe Effects where it has like uh, you know kind of some some amp sims or amp s sounds and effects, but it also has a power amp in it. And please, it, it has tubes in it. So I'm reason I'm telling you this is some of you guys, if you guys have one, you might be mentioning that it's probably more analog than digital, but. Uh, yes, I, I'm not really clear how, what the technology behind it is. I've just heard it twice at the shows. Both times I heard it, I thought it sounded fantastic. It's just a lot of money. It's like 700 bucks. There is nowhere to try one. And so it's been one of those things like I'm just afraid to, to, to slam down 700 bucks. And if I get it, I don't like it. You know what I mean? And, and, and the res, you know, resale on that stuff, you take it, take a couple hundred dollar hit when you try something now. So, um, but great, great great uh products but more importantly he was one of the guys at uh Hughes and Kittner who helped design some of the most iconic uh Hughes and Kittner stuff so uh, and and by the way I do have his cab sim uh pedal I, I just got it I finally pulled the trigger and I, I love it love 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 it um 
what else? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, next question. Hold on. It jumped. It jumped. Oh, uh, Aaron Kimmicker uh, is trying to cheat. He says, thoughts on the PRS Paul's guitar. I have gas for a telly, but the pickups there looks interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm not to tor torture you, but the video, I, I made three videos uh, just recently uh, with uh, PRS guitars. Uh, one is pretty much done. I leaked part of it to Instagram you know, the, the section of it. Uh, as you guys know, I'll be reviewing the Paul's uh, SE guitar, but I'm also doing a comparison video, a detailed comparison video of Paul's core guitar and the SE Paul's guitar um, because of the fact that the Paul's guitar is uh, is $4,500 street for the 10 top, the one that they sent me to check out. And the SE was $1,000. So I wanted to be very clear and, and, and get detailed with this comparison because I mean, it's a $3,500 price point. So um, my thoughts is, I mean, the guitars are, it's an easy thing to figure out, man. The guitars, of course, are good. That's not a question. I always i always uh, tell everybody, I don't think it's a question. When I see a $4,500 guitar, a lot of people see like, oh, that's ridiculous. I see like, well, obviously it's good. It, it would be crazy if it wasn't good, wouldn't it? Wouldn't every review be a one star? It wouldn't be horrible if everybody would be mad if they spent $4,000 on the guitar wasn't even good. The question is not is good. It's what is really unique or interesting about it you know and that's what i want to talk about but really i really 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 was interested in the comparison um so and i really i want to thank gene at prs because they were really cool because i was you know uh instead of just reviewing the se i was like i would really like to take a look at both these like look under the hood and you know show you guys uh what i see so you know because let's be honest if i didn't if they didn't send two out to me to do i wouldn't be uh uh I wouldn't be able to look inside them and you guys wouldn't be able to see them either. Very few of us are going to get our hands on both those at the same time. Let's see. All right, hold on. Ho Hosa uh, has got a question. Yeah, you guys know Hosa. They make the cables. In fact, they make my really cool mic stand right there. I thought I'd share that out. That's that's a... Uh, um, but anyways, they have a question. And the question is, Phil, uh, we all get so spoiled with options and rapid advances in technology do you ever stop to reflect on just how much how over overwhelming good technology there is exists now for guitars yeah the irony of the internet let's just talk about the internet and technology the irony of the amazing amount of product that we have now at the prices we have whether you you know they're expensive or cheap just the variety of prices and the variety of products we have coupled with this amazing interaction system of the internet now we're the fact that we all spend 90% of the time complaining is actually kind of funny. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not excluding myself. I'm just not belligerent. You know, people are sometimes belligerent about what they say. I, I'm very polite about it, but yeah, I'm complaining too. I'm like, ah, oh, why didn't they do this? Or how come they do that? But yeah, it's silly. This is the dumbest thing to, to talk about 90% of the time. We, if we were halfway sane, every video would be the most boring video. It'd be like, isn't the world great when it comes to the amount of stuff they've provided for us at every price point? Um, because as you guys seen, uh, you know, when I look back, sometimes I reflect the videos I've made, just my videos, not even think about the countless amazing videos that have been made on YouTube outside of my channel. When I look at my videos, sometimes I go, man, look at some of these guitars, you know, look at the stuff I, I, I checked out that was so cheap and so expensive and how great it all was in every price point. So yeah, it's really, it is really overwhelming. Um, and sometimes I think we lose sight of how cool <laughs> it's gotten uh, for the most part. Cause I think sometimes we just reflect back and think about how it's changed and the good old days were better, but I don't know. These new days aren't so horrible. 
Uh, okay, so. Oh, I just want to, uh, Daniel just want to say it's his first live show and he's a longtime watcher. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate you doing, hanging out, especially this. This is the, I never know on holiday weekends if anyone's going to come hang out with me. <laughs> uh, my family, we're actually having family day today. The whole family's in town and stuff. And this is, this is how much uh, they uh, appreciate and love me, uh, which is, feels really good. Uh, they all left me so I could do this. <laughs> they're all out of the house right now. The whole house is empty. They all took off. They're gone for, for this time so we can do the, the podcast and hang out and do the thing. And then they'll be back. And uh, we're actually having a birthday party and stuff. Not mine, though, but, you know, for family members and stuff and uh, celebrating. So that being said, we got some questions to answer. Let's get back to this. Let's get uh, let's get focused. Dean wants to uh, says, hey, I'm going to upgrade my Mexican Strat pickups. If you had to choose amongst Fender vintage pickups, would you suggest the 54, 59 or 65 and why? Uh, Dean, uh, just to give you, a, you know, so you understand clearly, I am a huge 60s era single oil pickup fan. I am not a fan of the 50s uh, era pickups. Uh, the 50s era pickups, although lower output, to me, it's always they're more bright they're brighter sounding. There's a clarity to them that people like. I don't need to push the amp over. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm looking for when I'm looking for a single coil. I'm looking for a fatter, warmer tone. Um, and and a lot of that could be the amp I'm using. Obviously, I use a Princeton a lot. It has a 10-inch speaker. It's not a very huge sounding amplifier. And so if you use a thin pickup, you know, it's a combination. It's not always the best combination. So, but that being said, I use my 60s era pickups through that Princeton and through my PRS custom amp, which is another amp I use a whole lot. Sometimes you see in the background, but most of the time it's not in this room because that's the amp I play a lot. So it's in the other room and that's a 50 watt head through a 212 cabinet. Uh, so it, to me, it's about the fatter sound, the, the, uh, the bigger sound. Interesting enough, I always thought John Mayer was using 60s era pickups. I always thought that every time, you know, he would play, I'd go, man, it just, it's got that 60s. See, to me, when the 60s, the 60s pickups tone to me is Jimi Hendrix fat dynamic notes when you hit when Jimi hendrix would hit the low e string on a strat it had a, a thunderclap to it it just was amazing and how much force came out of that pickup and the first time i've ever played a strat not a mexican strat because believe it or not i think the mexican strat pickups are fantastic because they're ceramic and they kind of have a p90 kind of feel to them they're they're a little hotter overwhelmed they're not the 60s vibe but man they're good and uh, so anyways, the first time I played a vintage Strat was a 50s era Strat. And uh, it was a fat 50s. The word fat. I was like, oh, fat sound, fat 50s. Hit the hit the string and it just didn't do it for me. I, I'm sorry. And, uh, and uh, you know, if you guys love them, I'm, I'm glad you do. But they're not my thing at all. And uh, when when it was kind of pushed that that's was John Mayer's thing was the 50s kind of pickups, I was really shocked. Later now, we've seen these interviews now with him and Paul Reed Smith talking about the Silver Sky and about how, no, they they kind of decided they liked the 60s era pickups. And when they were explaining why, I was like, oh, that's why I like them. So it was really cool um, because not not that somebody had the same you know kind of opinions as me which is always nice to be camaraderie when you have some opinions about you know music but uh more importantly someone's tone that i thought was really cool to actually come to the same conclusion i came when i was hearing it i thought that was really cool so uh so that's why 60s pickups for me all day long reggie says hey phil still looking for a new strat what what looked good at nam this year um well, you know, I like uh, the new player series uh, strats from Fender. The The only thing I didn't, I, I don't love, me personally, is that they switched to the uh, Alnico 
uh, five uh, pickups. Uh, I, I like them. They're great. They're basically the old American standard pickups before they went to the fat fifties. Um, but uh, I like the ceramics, as you know, but I love the new players strats. I have one in front of me right now, that red one that I reviewed. It's a really good strat. So um, I would definitely look at those, especially with the humbucker and the bridge. I can't, I can't see where you go wrong with those. I've actually decided slowly. I'm liking that player series made Mexico strat more than my American standard strats. Um, but I like my American professional strats more than my American standard strat. So there you go. All right. Um, what else do we got? Beck. I'm going to try buddy. Beck Timeta. <laughs> Tim Timba. Beck Timba. I'm uh, phonetics. All I got, man. Back Timba uh, says, please show your custom shop strat that you mentioned last week. I actually been eyeballing the roadhouse strat uh, that you compared it to. Uh, my custom shop strat is uh, downstairs in the shop because I'm swapping the pickups <laughs> again. I swap pickups in that guitar a lot because that's my, that's my guitar. I know everything about that guitar. I know how it how it breathes, how it thinks, how it feels like that guitar is one, you know, there's, there's guitars, you know, sometimes people look at, you know, you, when you get, have a lot of guitars, they go, Oh, your guitars don't get played, man. That's not how those works. I have about a four or five guitars that I play the crap out of them. I wear frets, you know, right down my, my, I mean, I just, I just play them. Yes. A lot of the other ones get neglected. It's just truth. But the guitars that I play like that custom shop strat, I play the, the snot out of that. Um, and, uh, what happened was I upgraded, I put the Pete Thorne pickups in it and they were great. And, um, I decided to change out the pickups yet again, uh, cause I'm trying something a little different. So, so it's downstairs. So I will, uh, I will try to bring it back. Um, the main reason, uh, the other reason I'm reason changing is because I really like my green strat, which has my those shawbuckers in it, and I keep playing that one over it. So I'm trying to trying to balance that out. You know what I mean? Try to get the copper one back in the rotation since that's a, a guitar that's been so close to me for so long. Wolverine says 2017 Gibson Firebird Zero opinions. Okay, well, if I am going off memory, because you know. There's a lot of Gibsons. If I recall, that's the one that's kind of a little stripped down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so let me share with you guys what he's talking about. So they made this Firebird. Now I can share. And you guys listening on the podcast in your cars on your way to work and at work. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a Firebird. It's like a really cheap Firebird. Uh, you know... I have mixed feelings about this guitar. And the reason is, is this is this thing that Gibson did or does. That's like, Hey, look at us. We make affordable product too. And, um, I I'm lost on it, man. I, I, I hate to say it. I'm trying to get there. You know, if you got one and you like it, uh, a, a friend of mine had one, he liked it too. And I'm glad, you know, uh, cause I like stuff that people don't like too. And that's, that's great. But if you're asking me for what I feel about it here, I, how I feel about it before I would buy a stripped down Gibson to the point where it doesn't even resemble any kind of high end guitar. So the only thing high end on that guitar is the Gibson logo. Everything about it is stripped down. It's made in the USA, but again, who cares where it's made if it's made in the, at the, at the least, least amount of components and quality you can make it at it's like that logic is look how valuable american made is and 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 that's an argument that i think a lot of times when i'm reading comments on videos when people go phil you know just because it's american made doesn't mean it's high end oh i absolutely agree 
But generally speaking, when you see an American-made guitar, it, it, it usually is a high-end guitar. In other words, it's not only because it's high-priced, it was made to be high-end. Somebody was trying to get you to a high-end mark. Um, not every time, and not every time, though, I understand that. But in this case, that's exactly what this is. This is an American-made guitar made to be the lowest end. I would personally buy the Epiphone over that. I would buy a decked-out Epiphone made in Indonesia before I would buy a, uh, a Gibson made in the USA that's stripped down and it's not as good quality. The logo just doesn't matter to me that much. You know what I mean? Logos are cool. There's always a cool vibe. You know what I mean? I'm a sucker like everybody else. When I was in high school, I bought Nikes. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, high tops. I didn't play basketball. I had high tops. Who the hell knows why? Because a commercial told me to do it. So I understand marketing it. It works on, on us. Uh, I'm, I'm as susceptible as the next person, but to only to some degree, I'm not buying a Gibson. And for that matter, I wouldn't buy a PRS or a Fender too, if it was not high quality, just because it said their logo on it. I'd rather get a high-end off-brand guitar uh, or in other words, an off-brand guitar with the quality. I care about the quality more than the brand. I just took a long way just to say that. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Okay, um, let's go back to non-pen questions. What are we at? Um, okay, hold on, hold on. Guys, are, there's 800 of us, so it's scrolling a little fast. Oh, okay, this is a good, 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 good question. Jose, hey, Phil, why did you choose the Marshall Studio Classic 20 Watt over the Studio Vintage? That's a great question, um, and uh, I'd like to, to, to tell you why, because it, it really makes a lot of sense. Um, he's What he's asking me is, why did I buy the JCM 120 Watt head over the Plexi? Uh, and, and that's a great question, Jose. Whether you know it or not, I'm a huge Plexi fan, not an 800 fan. So it's actually not just a strange thing that I did, but it's really strange given that I really like the plexi over the 800 the reason is is because i without i wasn't able to try either amplifier at nam so i was at the marshall booth but marshall you know they put a stage and they put a guy on the stage but they weren't letting us try the stuff that's why people don't understand with nam a lot of times it's just they display it and then they don't let you try it so marshall didn't have it set up to try so going off my gut instincts i was thinking man there's no way that even in five watt mode is that plexi with no master master volume going to be an amp i could play at home what I will tell you is I've already decided that's already true with the, the Studio Classic. Uh, I have the Studio Classic and here's a classic, a classic, a classic story, I think, for the bedroom player that I think a lot of you guys that are at home and play at home can relate to. Um, I prefer in my, the studio, the JC100 to this Silver Jubilee amplifier. I said that in the review video. I think I said that. If not... Uh, that now you know <laughs> i preferred the 800 to the silver jubilee when i was abing them however when i'm forced at night to play quietly the jubilee just always sounds a little better quiet it actually retains a lot of its fullness at lower volumes and so i end up preferring it at low volume play over the studio classic and i and i believe without comparing them i haven't done that yet uh that i i I would feel the same way about the the 800 it would over the plexi at low volumes that being said i would love to try out the uh the Plexi. Um, I even reached out to Marshall uh, and showed them, hey, I got our 65,000 views on the last review. I didn't ask him for a free amp. I just asked him if, you know, hey, is there a deal they can either loan me one or I can buy one maybe at a reduced price because, you know, it gets a little hard to buy this stuff. I mean, I know you guys look at it like, yeah, you have it, but you don't understand. It's like, you know, uh, the, uh, the, you buy it for 1200 bucks and then you end up selling it a couple months later for 800 bucks. I mean, that's a $400 hit. There's no video that I've seen that I'm going to get on a review. that's going to make enough to make that difference make sense. Um, but I get to check out the gear. That's fun too. Anyways, back, back to that. Um, 
they they haven't got back to me. We'll see what happens. But I mean, I, that's why I made that decision. So you know. Uh, but deep down, the plexi is is what I want. I just know me. If I buy the plexi, I think I'll just end up putting a a pedal in front of it because I don't think I'll be able to get the volume. If anyone has the 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 twenty watt silver or the uh, tw tw sorry twenty watt plexi, and you love it and you're playing at low volumes, let me know. I would love to know that. That would help me put make that purchase. You know what I mean? If I know it's something I could use, because I'm not going to gig with it. I'm not going to take it to a jam night. <laughs> it's not that. It's not what I would take. Okay. Um, let's go back over, swing to the over to this screen, and what do we got here? Uh, we got my buddy Reggie. Reggie Wooten says, "Hey Phil, uh, still looking for a new strat." Uh, oh, I already answered this one. Sorry, Reggie. And then uh, we're actually at Sean. Sean. <laughs> It, Sean says how to get gloss off a of maple neck. Uh, yeah, that's easy, man. There's a, you can sand it easy enough. Sand it. Me. I don't sand it. I use steel wool. A lot of people always, whenever I say that, I always say the same thing. Hey, you know, don't get steel wool next to your guitar. I've never had a problem with steel wool. I always put painter's tape over the pickups. I've never had a problem with steel wool getting on the pickups. Steel wool is inexpensive and it works like a charm. It is fast. It's easy. It's very, it's a very easy way to get a satin finish. Sure. There's other methods. There's all kinds of sanding papers, all kinds of other stuff that you can do that too. I'm just telling you what I use. It's, it's easy. I'm used to it. I've been doing it for a long time. And it, that's another factor too. Something that people don't sometimes always account for, which is weird to me. Sometimes the use of a tool is way more powerful than the tool itself. In other words, I've been doing it that way for so long that even though sometimes people suggest other great ideas that I, I think are really, really important and really good and valuable, I've been doing it. So I'm, I'm good at it. So Sean, I use steel wool, man, just some triple out steel wool. will will kind of, and what I like that is I've also been able to, you, you do that in the back, you'll get the gloss to kind of satin a little bit. And then if you ever have to, you can buff it back to gloss again. So you can actually put it back the way it was. So it's good. So, all right. Uh, us in color 216. I have, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, Dave from Utah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, USN Colord 216. Fix a flat G sounding string on a Mexican Strat. Um, okay, so that's an interesting, interesting question. So basically what you're saying is your G string sounds flat, but you're saying sounding flat. So is it, is it flat? Because that's a difference, right? Sounding flat. I can tell you, I can already tell you, here's my, here's my easy fix already. Uh, I would start with, I would start with something you need to fix regardless. The Mexican Strat, uh, it, on, on the, uh, the standards, not the new uh, player series on the Mexican Strat sta uh, standards, the, the nut was horrible. That's the first thing I popped out and would put in a uh, tusk nut. Put in a tusk nut. Um, you can do bone as well too, or graphite. They're all great, but tusk will drop in. It's a really easy uh, fix. That's the first thing I would replace because that's going to change a lot of things. It's going to give you a lot of more dynamic tone when you hit those open strings and stuff, right? It gives you better, better resonance. It's a better material. I would go ahead and do that. It will probably fix the problem. If the problem, if the problem exists, it's probably happening because of the nut. So there you go. Um, and again, I don't know because you're not saying is uh flat because it's not you know it could be you know uh if it's flat because it's not tuning correctly but i think you're saying it's sounding dull and flat and lifeless or wrong or out of tune and those will all be sy symptoms of the nut in most cases very rarely is it the bridge saddle causing that problem bridge saddles tend to handle help the rattling issues and stuff but the nut um what i love about guitar is is this 
Um, I feel that when you're talking about sound and stability of tuning, I feel like a majority of the time, the nut becomes the culprit. And, and the interesting thing about that is, is it goes hand in hand with the second problem, which is most, especially hobbyists, but even technicians, guitar technicians, most people that work on guitars stay away from the nuts and the frets, uh, the most, right? They learn to do everything else. And I think that's where most of the problems lie. And so you find that if you correct those, if, if the frets are right and the nut is right, I feel like a lot of times that's, that's your, you know, 70% down the road, you've got it going on. You know what I mean? And the sad thing is it's also where factories and companies, when they make inexpensive guitars, really, really start to cut the quality. They go fast there. And the reason is, is not because they're expensive. So, you know, it has nothing to do with that. Going from a very cheap piece of plastic to a little bit nicer piece of plastic to synthetic bone and cheap metal frets to nicer metal frets is not a big expense. The reason most factories, when they build inexpensive guitars or build guitars, do not put time and quality into those two things is because that's not what you're looking at. They put money into what you're looking at. They, a company will put a shiny set of Seymour Duncan pickups in a guitar before they will put a good nut and frets on it because they know that's where players talk about. We don't, for some reason, talk about the fact that if the nut and the frets are wrong, the guitar will never be right. So that's a lot of these questions. I think that's an easy way to keep, keep going there. And, and there you go. Ice pick 19. Haven't heard from you in a while. What's up, buddy says, uh, um, Yosemite, am I saying that right? Yosemite versus V mods for Mexican strat replacements. Um, you know, here's what I'm hold on. It's what happens when we have the power of the internet here to look. Let's look, shall we? I don't know what this is, man. Can you have a typo? Oh, maybe not, because it came up. Fender, Yosemite, pickups. I know nothing about them. Um, hold on. I'll share with you guys, but really it's just a set of Seymour, our set of, uh, pickups, the muscle behind Fender's American performer strats. Oh, okay. Ah, I gotcha. It's a uh, marketing. <laughs> uh, so it's an uh, Alnico two, uh, bridge pickup with Alnico four middle and neck. Um, so looking at them, I'm trying to get a good look at them. Looking at them and looking at what I see, I don't see anything spectacular. So I'm going to normally, I would normally opt out of this and say, uh, you know, I, I don't know anything about them, but here's what I'm going to guess. Just looking at them, I can't imagine that I haven't played or heard of some version of whatever Fender's putting out there right now. Uh, but I do like the V mods. So that's what I can tell you. What I'm seeing optically from this is not looking very impressive. Uh, so I'm again, you know, you're getting a discount answer. I'm sorry. It's just, I like the V mods. They seem pretty good pickups. I would go V mods versus those just on what I see. Uh, Chris says, Hey Phil, what happened to song of the week? Oh, uh, you know, you know what happened? Uh, I got the flu and then was traveling and just got a mess. And I, I decided I'm going to turn into song in the month. You know, it's not even practice a song. Um, you know, I, I even started lessons again. I started, uh, I'm going to a lessons <laughs> again, uh, with my favorite, well, actually my favorite West coast teacher. I have two guitar teachers that I love ones on the West coast and ones on the East coast. My favorite West coast teacher, uh, I'm taking some lessons. So, I mean, I actually have time to practice this stuff. I just didn't have time to talk about it in the show. So we'll do song of the month, Chris. Uh, I feel really bad about that. It, it, it's just, I got to get it structured down. It was just a, a lot going on at once. It sometimes gets a little 
gets a little hectic, man. Um, if you remember, that's why I missed a show or two. That's where it went really crazy. Uh, next, uh, but thank you, Chris, for bringing that up because because when I hear somebody say something like that, it reminds me that it did have value to you guys, and I should neglect that stuff. So I, I, I of course, I will make sure uh, next week we will do song of the month because uh, I think next week will still be April. We'll be song for April, and then we'll start going from there. And then if we can keep that momentum, we'll go to song of the week i'll increase it back up again so maybe what i should have done is actually got the list of the whole year and just got in the row that's the problem also it's not the again finding the, the song uh next we have um oh okay hold on so uh us in cord core co lord 216 he's giving us more information about the mexican strat with the g-string problem he says mexican strat g-string feels horrible with floating trim um yes I'm going to say again, nut. Uh, and I mean, you said it feels horrible. It could be the saddle's too high on that one spot. I would look in that to make sure that your radius correctly and their heights correctly. But go ahead and think about replacing that nut. That's what I would stick. I'm going to stick with that answer. But also keep in mind, based on that extra piece of information, do to make sure your bridge is correctly set up as well. So, um, Yeah. Okay, Steve. I got to read this just because it's Steve. Steve Moore says, my strat has no resonance while unplugged. Help. Yeah, well, that's strats. <laughs> no, um, dude, seriously, Steve, if your strat is not ringing out, if you're not getting a lot of sustain, especially when unplugged, and that's a big deal because even though you're not unplugged, it's going to amplify what it's doing, right? So if it's not resonating unplugged, it's not going to resonate plugged in. Uh, my guess is that your action is too low and you're not, your, your strings are getting choked off. There's somewhere in there, there's, there's, there's a problem. So Steve, what I would ask you to do is, uh, is go ahead and measure the height of your fret. Uh, you know what? I have a setup sheet. If you go to ask, know your gear, no, you don't have to go to ask. I'm sorry. Just go to knowyourgear.net. I'll put the link in the description. What's great on that website, uh, that Mike handles and he's doing a great job by the way. Thank you again to Mike, uh, shy taking care of the website, including the new website that's coming up. Um, there's a downloads page on that website with all kinds of sheets you can download for, you know, for free and stuff. One of them is a setup sheet and on there, there's some stuff I would get download one of those sheets and go through it. And one of the things it's going to ask you is action, action and height off the 12th and the 13th or sorry, the 12th and the third fret. I, that's what I'm guessing is that your action's low and it's, it's just not sustaining. It's not going to ring out. Uh, it's going to be muted. Um, and, uh, and actually since you're doing it unplugged, I think that's a better way to do it sometimes because you can really hear how the guitar is going to sound. I really, when I like to do setups, sometimes I don't like to plug in right away because, um, a lot of things that the guitar does wrong, they don't do uh, when you plug in, they correct themselves. You know what I mean? And, uh, so you can really hear the problems when there's no amp to kind of hide them. So that's a good way to, to, to check it. Uh, Ed, Ed Axman says pickup, uh, pickups could be too close to strings. Absolutely. That is also another problem as well. And my guess is again, back to Ed's comment, which is, I agree with hundred percent is if your pickups are too close to your strings, again, your strings will also be too low. So it'll be compounding problems, right? So, um, so th that's what, what it is. Also always make sure, um, that your instrument is adjusted. You know what I mean? Take notice to the way your instrument is adjusted, the way it feels. You know what I mean? The, the fastest way to fix something, don't, don't ever feel uh, overwhelmed with something when it's like, it doesn't feel right or sound right. 
the best thing you can do is get out a ruler and just start measuring stuff. You know, where, how high are my pickups from my strings? How, how high is the strings from the, the fretboard? What angle is everything at? Where's my saddles at? You know, even if you don't know what you're looking at, just start measuring things. It's not hard. In fact, I bet you, if you were to measure, let's say the top of your, uh, your bridge pickup to your bottom, your low E string, just measure that and type that in the internet and say, what's the height supposed to be? See, that starts you down the right journey. There's already information to say, this is where it should be. And then you'll know if yours is too low, too high. So measuring things is really important to me because it's a great way. It's also a great way to communicate because I, I think in measurements, you know what I mean? So to me, when you say, if somebody was to say like my, my height of my low string is, you know, half a millimeter off the, the third fret, I'm thinking that's really low. I mean, that's, you know, you could do that, but you know, I like 0.75 is the sweet spot for me. Some people go a millimeter up, but I like 0.75, but you know what I mean? It's just, so it's nice. Cause I can tell, I don't have to guess. We don't even have to see it. I can just, if you tell me measurements, I'm, I'll generally know what, what, what's too low and too high for the average person, for the average guitar player. And then for me personally, um, okay. What else? Ah, Wendell says, where is the Z? It's in the other room. I changed out for the Freeman uh, for some videos I was doing. So it's just moved to the other room. Still love the Z. Um, I really do. I really like that amp a lot. Um, super happy with it. Oh, Robert GL says, where do I buy a ruler uh, to do what you're saying? You can use any ruler, but I, I prefer. Okay, so here are your two choices. I will link them in the index when I do the index. The rulers I choose and I use are by Stumac. I trust the quality and I like Stumac, but I understand that it's expensive and it's a lot easier to take that expense when you get to charge people for working on their guitars like I get to. So I understand that when you know some of you guys say, hey man, that stuff's really expensive. I buy it because I need it to work because <laughs> you know what I mean? It's important to me because it's, you know, it's, uh, it, it involves my paycheck. But that being said, uh, I'll put a link. You can find the knockoffs too online too. And you know, you, you can make the decision if you, if you, you know, make the decision you need to make for yourself. Um, I'm just going to give you what I recommend, but I always acknowledge like everything, there's always a cheaper version out there and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, I look at it like I buy one tool for life. And I'll have that tool forever. So, yeah, see, uh, surf, surf, uh, surfer buy says Stumac is expensive, but good. Yeah. You know what it is too? Stumac. It's like a Stumac commercial now. Stumac. No, Stumac also has great service. Uh, and I think I've told this story many times. I bought a hammer, a fret hammer from them once and, uh, it fell apart <laughs> and, uh, it, and it's not a big deal. I use it a lot. <laughs> so, but I told them, I don't know why I told them. I just sent them an email saying, Hey, I bought this hammer and fell apart. Not only did they replace it, which is very nice, you know, it's always good service, but you can see where over time they retooled it, like they changed it, you know what I mean? So you can tell that they were taking notes on feedback. And I've noticed over the years, if anyone who's a, a fan of Stumac tools, you've seen this. And so the rest of you know this, the tools you buy now are different than you bought a year ago. They're constantly like changing the tools and you can see, and sometimes it's actually, uh, it's good that they do that for the customer. Sometimes it sucks for you because I have a lot of tools downstairs that are Stumac tools where they've a couple of things. I'm like, this is great. I wish they would have. And then I never said anything, but then a year later, all of a sudden they do. And the newer tool version is a little better. So always improving, good quality. There you go. Like I said, 
you can, but everybody should choose to buy where they choose to buy from. Um, let's see. Next, uh, next question. What else? Uh, oh, we got a lot. Hold on. Let me move. Let me move around. One, two, three, Jim Thomas just said, thanks. You're, you're welcome but for whatever it is. You said, thank you for it. You, thank you. One, two, three, Jim Thomas. Gary says, what does Gary say? Says, hey, Phil, in order, in what order would you run these pedals through the front of an amp? A wah, an OD808, EQ, Sonic Maximizer, Chorus, Reverb, Delay, thanks. You know, it's cool. This is like a test. What's interesting is he threw in the Sonic Maximizer. That's an interesting thing because, um, yeah, where do you want that enhancing stuff? Do you want it enhancing everything at the end of the, I, you know, I've never, I've never ran a Sonic uh, Maximizer in my, uh, my pedal board. So, uh, I can tell you what I would do minus that. So for me, it's going to be wah first for sure. And then after that, I would do chorus EQ, then overdrive, then, uh, delay, no reverb. And then no, yeah. Delay then reverb reverb will be last for me. Now it's funny. Solid maximizer without having experienced one. I don't know where I'd put it, but I would guess I would put it before the wall. That would probably be first. But what's interesting about this is, um, the EQ part. Some people will definitely put the EQ before and after an overdrive. I, I, so, you know, it's, it's up to them what they do, but that's interesting. Sonic maximizer is the only one, but that's the order I would follow. I hope that helps. <laughs> so I'm curious to see, uh, what you end up doing. I love experimenting with this stuff, the pedals. Uh, Raymond just did a super chat for no reason. And then a non-super chat question is, what do we got? Uh, John wants to know, John Lay Laycock wants to know, hey, Phil, any suggestions for a guitar to play indie rock on around for four, $500? Really need an upgrade. Um, that's always a tough you know, question, right? I mean, indie rock, I mean, what do you, what do you get right for 500 bucks? The really, the problem, John is, man, there's so, it used to be that, you know, well, I don't know. How do you get that? You know, what, what five guitars hit that budget? Now there's like what 50 guitars hit that budget. $500 is a good budget. You know, I'd rather give you advice. Like, man, I would look at for 500 bucks. Don't forget used guitars. You can buy $800 and $900 new guitars for $500 used. So it's a great way when you're using a budget to get a higher quality guitar than your budget would normally allow you is looking at those used guitars. Um, but it's up to you. I mean, it's too specific a question, even knowing indie rock, it's like somebody says, Hey, it's not like the old days. What do you get for metal? Get a warlock. What do you get for blues? Get a strat. You know what I mean? What do you get for country? Get a telly. It's just so hard. Now there's so many choices, so many great guitars and the $500 range, believe it or not, I feel like I just can spit off so many great, great guitars at 500 bucks now it's such a such a really good price point 500 is is a good price point for finding a lot of guitars so i i try there try that and then uh oh here's another question uh not oh nuno nuno frig says what's my opinion on comparison guitars uh comparison guitars comparison it's, it's pronounced comparison I, I know because I did the how do you say video and Courtney Cox said comparison. She said it very stern. <laughs> she was like comparison. So I'll say it right. Uh, I wasn't sure if she was saying that's how you say it or she was correcting me at that moment because it was in, if you watch that video, she's like comparison. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I got it. I won't mess it up. I promise. <laughs> Anyways, uh, 
uh, comparison guitars. Uh, they were great. The ones I touched briefly at the NAMM show and stuff, they were fantastic. Um, high-end guitars, you know, kind of sir, kind of high-quality, high-priced instruments. Um, so my opinion is easy. It's uh, The quality is not the question. Again, starts at the beginning where we started this whole show. Uh, high-end guitars, uh, you know, it's not the opinion isn't, are they good? They're definitely good. It's, you know, do, I, do you want one? Uh, for me, it's uh, that there's just other guitars in my... I'm thinking, is there guitars? Yeah, there, I guess there's other guitars I, that I, I probably have in front of wanting one of those guitars, although fantastic, uh, the ones I picked up. And also, they also, uh, for me personally, which will do you no good, I like the necks on those guitars. That's another thing for me. You know what I mean? Sometimes I pick up a guitar and I just the neck doesn't jive with me. And there's no way around that is what I've learned. There's no way around that. When you pick up a guitar, I don't care if a guitar is, if somebody offered to give me a $10,000 guitar, and I'm, I'm being serious, somebody offered to give me a $10,000 guitar on the contingency, of course, that you're going to play it. And I didn't like the neck. There was just no way I can, there's just no way. As much as you're like, who doesn't want a $10,000 guitar? That'd be crazy, right? You know, if I offered you guys a $10,000 guitar, you'd be the same thing. Oh, yeah, of course. But you can imagine, you know, right? That I'm just using that as an illustration to explain what I'm saying. When the neck is not right, man, there's just no way you can love that guitar. Um, and I think that's why I used to have this saying, and I, I probably still do. I just haven't had to say it in a while. I used to say double guitars are the worst. In other words, buying a duplicate is the worst because that's when you realize how subtle necks are. And what I mean by that is every time you buy a guitar you love, Strat, a Les Paul, an Ibanez, I don't care what it is. You get this guitar and you're like, I love this guitar. All I need is two because you need a backup, right? And you get another one and they're just never the same. It's weird. The necks just never feel the same. And I noticed that if you watch rig rundowns, rock stars are always saying that, right? Oh yeah, I got 20 less Pauls in the, in the rack, but they're like, but this neck, they're always like this guitar. It's always either like, it sounds a little spatter or it plays a little better, but it's usually the neck. It's something magical about the neck when the neck is right. Um, and uh, a good example, I have a PRS Mira that I love. And it, I've said this so many times that I love it. What's funny over the years, a lot of a lot of you guys, uh, you guys, hey, I bought one too. And I'm like, cool. And they're like, I don't like it. And what's funny is, as I always, I feel, I feel over time, I didn't think about talking about this, didn't occur to me, but now I talk about it. Um, yeah, I've played like 20 Miras and that, mine's the only one I like. Like, I don't like any of the other ones. I actually own two right now and I don't like the second one. I just like the first one. Um, I just like that neck. <laughs> right i don't know what it is I, and when i say neck i don't mean that profile i mean that neck i love that neck on that guitar and i play it all the time and every time i try to get a second mirror uh, as a backup every time i pick it up i go yeah that neck doesn't feel the same it's a different shape it's a different feel it's just something's different it's not the same so that's part of the reason why no matter how much a machine does the work somebody has to hand sand hand sand that at the end and Sometimes they're, you know, aggressive with it. Sometimes they're not aggressive. Sometimes they're tired. Sometimes the sandpaper sticks. Sometimes it's not. I don't know. Variables, right? Maybe I always say it's a joke. I always picture like maybe they're mad at their boss and they're just going to sand the guitar extra hard and the nick gets thinner a little bit. I don't know. So, uh, uh, okay. Wendell Penton says, you are a Fender amp guy and I am also... Try a Dr. Z Z Lux 6v6 20 uh, to 40 watt half power switches to Dr. Z Easy G50 6L6 50 watt total bliss uh, uh, lush spring reverb on both. Oh, it's good to know the Dr. Z Lux. I'll have to uh, I'll have to check one out if I get a, hand, a chance. Like I said, I have the Maz 38. Love it. Love. Uh, 
it, it doesn't bug me. I know it's like more of an AC thing, but I still love it. I love it. I, I love it so far. <laughs> so far, I love it for all the things people keep telling me they don't love about it. <laughs> so everybody's like, oh, it's kind of bright and it's kind of harsh and it doesn't get clean exactly clean you want. I don't know what it is. Everybody's made comments since I've gotten it. And every single comment, I'm like, yeah, I love that about that. And then they're like, yeah, that's the horrible part. That's why I got rid of it. And I'm like, oh, that's what I love about it. <laughs> so it's it's speaking to me in the right ways. Uh, the things that are weird about that Dr. Z amp are the things I'm in love with that I think sound cool and feel good. Okay. All right. Uh, let me go back. Hold on. I got a couple pen questions we got to hit. What do we have? We have... We have Aaron. Aaron says, Phil, can I buy locking Grovers and replace them over pre-existing grover tuners and not have any issues if it is the same brand is it painless thanks for the awesome show dude you rock uh, aaron i you know the answer is yes and i i i've never experienced so i'm not going to say like oh nine out of ten times it works i'm going to say ten out of ten times i've ever tried it it's worked now keep in mind with grovers there's two kinds of grovers though there's mini ones and there's larger ones uh so just make sure you're matching that that right they made the mini grovers and then make the full-size grover tuning key so please make sure that those are correct so if you're the the, the 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 crux of your question that's important is if you buy the same grover locking key that you have of the non-locking key will they retrofit to each other and and into the guitar yes i i've never had an issue where they didn't so uh there you go if it doesn't work you can definitely blame me um and uh, let me know because it will be the first time i've seen it not work as long as you're not mixing the two, the minis and the full sizes. That's the only thing I, that's the only caveat I have for that. Um, the Waco kit official says closest equivalent to a P90 in a humbucker size. Um, you know, I, I, I personally like the, the Gibson ones. What do they call them? They're not called P90s. What are they called? I have a set. Um, hold on a second. I always forget this because it's weird. If for some reason I can't commit this to memory, they're called something. Oh, maybe you guys are typing the answer right now. Hold on. Maybe I don't have to look this up. Maybe I'm lucky and you guys are P94s. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Yes, P94s. I love the P94s. I don't know what it is. They just, they, I, I'm, you know, it's funny, I, but I, I'm, for the record, I'm really a Gibson pickup guy. There, you know, I like a lot of the Gibson pickups. Over time, I just learned that a lot of the things I like about Gibson guitars really are about Gibson pickups and not the guitars. But P94s, love them. Uh, so even though I think uh, there's a lot of great companies out there, obviously, you know, like Seymour Duncan makes the Fat Cats and all that stuff. That's the ones I've used, uh, and I, I stick stick by them. Uh, okay, Raymond wants to know, hey, Phil, I had a Fender CS teapot. CST, CTS. I think it's CTS, right? CST pot uh, into my Squire Telly. How much better would a, bur a Burns potentiometer perform? Would uh, would be would better pickups help uh, with swells? Okay, uh, thank you for stream. You're welcome, buddy. And uh, the answer to your question. So you're saying swells. So I don't think a pickup would be the thing that I would want to improve a swell. So to me, if you want volume swells to be great, I would look at two things that as considerations. One, definitely a better potentiometer, like a Bourne's potentiometer. Now you said you have the Fender C uh, C uh, CTS pot. I, I'm pretty sure it's CTS, not CST. But I, again, it could be wrong. I'm just 
uh, anyways, a CTS pot uh, in your Squire. So you put that in there, right? So I'm assuming you add that fender potentiometer. That's not the one that came with the Squire. If you add it in there, I, I think it's great. Um, here's something I would think about doing before going to a, a Bourne's potentiometer, although I think that's a vast improvement because it's zero resistance and it's great for swells. What I would also think about doing is getting a treble bleed and putting that on there. That's a cool, fun thing to, to mess with. They're fun to mess with, man. Uh, what's great is if you're into that stuff and keeping consistency and doing that stuff, definitely think about looking at some of that. It's it's a love-hate relationship. If I think I'm doing off memory again, I think Lawrence Petros told me he hates them <laughs> and he takes them out of his guitars. I could be wrong. Um, and uh, what's funny to me is uh, I don't, I, I very rarely have I ever added them to a guitar of my personal guitars, but I have a lot of guitars that are, that do have them. And I, I tend to like them, but I, nothing, no compulsion to add them to other guitars, but yeah. So think about a treble bleed. That's a great uh, thing to do. I'll put a link in the description to, you can make one super cheap, but of course, you know, everybody online will sell you one already kind of wind together. It's just the two, two components wound together and they'll send them to you. And it's, it's expensive uh, for what it is, uh, but it's like five bucks. It's a cup of coffee, I think, right? You can, you know, you get maybe two cups of coffee at Starbucks. You can get yourself something and try something. I think stuff like that, it's worth always worth. If you can take five bucks or 10 bucks, this is how I look at this stuff. Maybe I'm different. <laughs> to me, if I could buy a $5 component off the internet and spend an afternoon messing with something, you can't buy that entertainment anywhere else. I can't, right? You can't, right? That's like going to the movies for two hours. You know, this is, to me, like if I can spend the afternoon learning something and, and enjoying myself for, for you know, for 10 bucks, I, I, I say, tell everybody, try it. Why not? What do you got to lose? You're going to learn more than what's the, the, the value of the money. So, uh, there you go. I'll make sure I'll put a link for that as well. Okay. That, uh, I know we're, we're past the 10 minute warning. Like I said, I got to go through these last couple questions and here's one from Steve Long says, Hey, Phil want to tell you, uh, won't be my main guitar, but will be used gigging looking at the GNL tribute ASAT Fender special edition or the Squire bullet thoughts. Um, for the price, I don't think you can beat what GNL tributes are putting out there right now. If you're paying attention, GNL tributes on Musicians Friend. If you watch and pay attention, they clearance those suckers out all the time. You can pick up one brand new for three fifty. It doesn't even seem to be a trick or hard thing to do. I don't think I've seen them cheaper than that. But let me tell you this, man. What uh, the Squire? I mean, the Squire Bullet Telly that you're talking about is out of production. So if you find one, it's a great deal at the price for sure. But uh, those uh, tribute GNL tributes for three fifty are pretty pretty hard to beat for the money. They're great. They're made by Court, so Court's a good manufacturer. Um, I've heard some people say, you know, there's a couple things problems with them. I've heard some people say they like them. The couple I've touched have been fine no issues. And again, for the price, pretty good. So keep that in mind. Check that out. Uh, seems to be an interesting, uh, a interesting guitar for that value for sure. Uh, and then Nizder, <laughs> come on, man. That's not even a real, that is, what is it? Niz? I don't even, Nizder, Nizder, <laughs> Uh, all right all right man i'm, I'm <laughs> okay uh all right we're gonna call it we're gonna nickname nicknames we need nicknames your mazeth maseth maseth is is there a point to using locking tuners 
with a locking trim. I want to upgrade, change tuners on my Ibanez, but unsure of the return. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, is there a benefit to doing that? No, and there's actually some downfalls to it. Here's why. When you lock a, a guitar with a locking nut, like on a, a, a Floyd Rose system uh, and a locking trim, um, what happens sometimes is you, you, um, you just don't do it. I've experienced in the past where sometimes it's just too much too much clamping happening into especially on the low e string when you clamp here and then you clamp there it's just too much happening so that's why if you notice no one does it it's not because they don't want to spend the money manufacturers i mean think of this why doesn't he why doesn't a, a three thousand dollar steve i gym have locking keys um you know what i mean at some point you think they do it and they don't because it's not a good idea i i i i have not had good luck with it and i don't see a value to doing it for the most part that being said now does it hurt? No. And if you have locking keys, should you put them on there? Sure. We can put them on there and just lock them down, but wrap them and then lock them, which is different than pulling them straight. But I wouldn't go, I wouldn't do the expense because I've, I find that you're not going to really get a lot of benefit. But that being said, this is always a good point where somebody out there who's maybe done it way more than I have. In other words, they own a bunch of guitars with locking keys and locking trims. They can speak about it a little bit differently. I only am speaking about one experience I had where it wasn't uh, pleasant. Somebody may have a lot more experience than that. So I'm just, so maybe they'll chime in and you can look in the comments later or now, uh, fuzzy Vader. See, that was easy. Fuzzy Vader. Oh, that's great. You guys could, you, you guys should put fanatics there for me. Um, don't want to change tuning all the time. Opinion on Digitech tuning pedal. Whammy with it. Uh, whammy with it built in to go to half step down uh, for a handful of songs. You know, I, I think it's fine. I've used it, uh, the Digitech uh, tuning pedal. And uh, I've also used the Morpheus one. Morpheus was another company. They're out of business now. They're defunct, but they made a really good one. And I think the Digitech one's just as good. Uh, latency on it. A little bit of a lag, a little bit of issue. But like you said, handful of songs, taking it to a gig. Is the audience going to tell? Probably not. Are you going to notice? Probably not. The only problem I've ever had with those tuning pedals, which is so silly, is in a live situation, I think they actually pull it off pretty good. And I think in most situations, they're usable to some degree. The only thing I've learned is at late night practice, playing at home, you can't use them because if your amp's not louder than the pitch... <laughs> When you hit the, hit the note here, you hear this warbling effect from hearing the new created note and the original note. So, you know, that's just a weird thing to have happened. Uh, uh, but anyways, uh, that being said, no, man, it's, it's great for the, for the price. I have, what do I have? I have one of them. I have, uh, I think I have the pitchfork. Is that the same thing? What do I have? I have something. I had the Digitech one and I've changed to some other model and I just don't use it very often, but it's great. Jeffrey Hunt said, just cause. Thank you, Jeffrey. Uh, I, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Michael Socia did, uh, I'm, Michael, I hope I'm not butchering your last name, man. Socia, uh, say, same thing, just doing it because. And then David says, uh, oh, it says, Jens Martin has a question, please. Um, all right, let me see if I can find it. Hey, hold on a second. No, and then I'll do my announcement thing. But sorry if it gets a little tricky to find these things. Hold on, hold on. Jens Martin. So many screens. Okay. <laughs> Jens Martin. I, I just don't know. There's 878 people putting comments. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to find Jens comment. Oh, Jens Martin. Here it is. Hey, Phil. Have you seen the guitars that Matt Bellamy uses? 
uh, Manson. If you have, what are your thoughts on them thinking about buying one with the MIDI pad and uh, Fuzz Factory installed? You know, what's funny is I don't know what guitar you're talking about, but what you're saying sounds super, super familiar. So let me, um, you know, like I said, sometimes a visual is so much more powerful than, than you know, just hearing it. Um, I want to look because I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, I've seen this guitar. That's like, it looks like a telly, right? What's the brand on that? Man, I, so here's the problem, uh, to answer your question. Um, I've seen the guitar in his hands. Uh, I don't have any thoughts other than they look cool, but I mean, I have never touched one. I don't know anything. About it. It's an odd uh, out there kind of guitar. So, uh, so the, here's what I can tell you though. We have a rule on the channel, which is if you're asking me if you should buy one, Jens, you should. You're never going to get the right answer when it comes to uh, whether or not you should buy a guitar here. You're always going to get the the answer, which is, yes, you should buy the guitar. Um, yeah, if you think about getting it and you think you want it and you got the money for it, you should do it. You know, you only live once. Why not? <laughs> There's an answer. So, and then you can you can tell us if it was worth it. Oh, Okay. Oh, somebody, you guys are talking back and forth about the brand, whether it's court, it says court. So is court who makes it. Is that who makes it? I didn't see that logo on in the pictures I'm finding of it. Oh, maybe that, no, it doesn't say it says I'm looking, I'm trying to find a shot. Everything that I see is headstock. It looks like it says something with an M, but I'm assuming you guys uh, definitely know what you're talking about. And there's a, uh, well, let me try this. Just try typing in his name in court guitars and oh yeah, it comes right up and it's court <laughs> and it says court. Oh yeah. So it can't be. Oh my goodness. Oh, there's a used one for 865 bucks. Are these four grand, three grand? Woo. Yeah. Oh, well, cause they have a court version and they have the Manson, uh, Manson MA2. I get what you guys are saying. So Manson are the, the court version. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if you've got the money to get the Manson and do the thing you want, you maybe should do it and just have fun. Uh, if there's a more affordable uh, court version, it's a really sometimes a smart decision to buy that one. Even if you know in the long term, you're going to get the more expensive one because, you know, you start off with the minimum. Because here's what I can tell you, man. I, I don't know anything. I'm not versed in this guitar and him. Uh, but in a guitar industry, uh, buying expensive guitars like $4,000 guitars, they, uh, they're, they're the hardest mistakes when you get them wrong. And when you buy a $4,000 guitar that you're not hundred percent sure about majority of the time, when you go to sell it, man, it's a, it's a pain. You could have bought the court. That's what I'm getting at this. It, my guess is if you buy a $4,000 Manson guitar and you end up not liking it, when you sell it used, you will lose more than what the court was going to cost you to buy. So sometimes you might want to think about that as an option again, but if you know what you want, do it. But me, I just, I know, I know, I can't buy a, a crazy expensive guitar like that without having some reference of playing it or knowing it or something like that. So, uh, Clamfinger says, love it or eat it because you can't sell it. Yeah, expensive guitars. You know, I always hear a lot of, a lot of viewers always talk about expensive guitars and how they're not worth it and all this stuff. And I, the only thing I really, really, really identify with is this. Every expensive guitar I've ever purchased that I sold, it's always the biggest loss. You always take the most financial pummeling on the high-end guitars. 
And it's just, there's just a reality to that. It's just truth. So very few, very few um, exceptions to that rule. Um, that, you know what? Hold on. Let me just check to make sure if there's not any more. Um, uh, Stirflex wants to know my opinion on baritone conversion next for Squires. Uh, the baritone, I, I've the baritone conversion next. I've never tried one. I've never even installed one. Uh, I saw Warmoth makes a couple. Seems like a cool idea. Um, my only question to you would be without looking at them personally right now, I'm going to assume that unless it's a guitar, you really are interested in turning into a baritone. I bet you could find a lot of no name baritones. I mean, if you're talking about buying a neck and putting it on a squire, my guess is the neck that you're looking at buying is going to be close to the price of buying an off name baritone guitar. You could probably just buy a baritone guitar. It's just a suggestion. But again, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to, to new ideas too, but that's my, I would expect that the neck of baritone neck is going to cost you at least a couple hundred bucks. You could probably buy a baritone guitar for a couple hundred bucks from like Harley Benton or whoever makes these new affordable guitars out there. So, um, dogger, dogger blue, sorry, dogger blue, dogger blue says ideas for replacement pots, specifically push pull. Thanks for this to thanks to super glue. Last week's pickup switch Schecter resulted in shaft being yanked out. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, push-pull pots, uh, you know, there are some higher-end brands that make them, but the majority of the ones you buy online are the same junk, um, and that's what I use, and that's what's in every high-end guitar is those same junk ones. So it's up to you. Um, a lot of times, you know, when you try to buy the more expensive ones, I find they're out of stock. So but for push-pull pots, I don't really have any kind of go-to brand for that. I just buy whatever. I buy them in bulk. That's how I do it, and um, they're and even in bulk, they're like 10 bucks, 8 bucks a piece or something like that. Um, so nothing exciting there. You can always get push, push pots. Those are fun. I like them. I think they work a lot better, but they tend to break. <laughs> so just something to think about. Some people have different results. My experience is a lot of times they break. And then, uh, USN color 216 says decked, blocked or floating trim Stratocasters. Well, I, I, I don't block them. I just deck them, man. Put them right to the, to the body. All my strats, but one are to the body and one's floating because, you know, sometimes you want that tremolo kind of action. So that's how I do that. I don't do it for stability tuning. Like a lot of people do. I just do it because it's easy and that's the way I like it. And I noticed that sometimes it's probably in your head, maybe a little bit, but it feels like it sustains a little better if it's against the body. It's probably not true, but you know, it's, it, there's no harm to it. So I just do it. And then Jose just did a super chat for no reason. And on that note, let's, uh, let's hold on. Let's, let me grab this quick question. Uh, hold on. Uh, I have a quick question right here. I just pinned it a second ago. It's one of the non super chat questions. All right. It says, <laughs> uh, why not? Let's just do it. Um, Oh, James uh, Ellis Elliser said, Phil, where did you get the racks for the, your amps in the background? Um, I'll put a link when I do the index. These are from Ikea. Um, Ikea, there's an Ikea where I live and they pretty much everything I have shelves and stuff like that comes from there. It's, they're inexpensive and it's easy and, and, uh, it's pretty straightforward and that's why I got them. Uh, cause I like the amps off the ground. That just makes it easier for me. Um, a lot of people don't like that. Like a lot of people like the amps on the floor. I just like them off the floor. It's just, you know, 
it's easier for me. Um, okay, so on that note, I appreciate everybody. Man, it was like it was 900 of us at some point or something like that. It was crazy. Um, so I hope you guys have awesome weekends planned. I know I do. And uh, what else? I think what else? There's some announcements. I said I was going to do some announcements. What are the announcements? Well, I was going to show you guys this. Uh, I got this. And if you guys watch on Instagram, uh, I did two of these unbox. A guitar crate uh, sent me these. Now, this is important because this isn't like a sponsored video. I'm not advertising guitar crate. Like, hey, go buy a guitar crate. It's more of a, these guys are some cool guys. TJ is one of the guys I'm talking to. They're um, ex-guitar center employees. And they said, hey, look, they noticed over the years that people kept buying accessories. And they started this idea. It's like loot crate kind of idea and i'm really curious and please if you guys don't like it and stuff i understand that they already got enough of that i'm curious to see what you guys think about me doing this once a month unboxing a thing like this um they offer to do some kind of affiliate thing where if you know you click the link i get a piece or something like that i'm really not interested that's that'd be nice i'll do it but i'm not really interested in that part i'm more interested in sharing it so i'm going to share this one with you so basically what happens is you get this every month and uh, you guys have seen this. I feel like every YouTuber now. I feel like I've made it as a YouTuber, right? And YouTubers do those loot crate things. Um, so what's in here is a Daddario strap. So in this case, if you bought this one, you would get a strap. So you get a nice strap. I just think it's cool. Actually, I just think it's cool to share this stuff because you get a set of 10 and a half. I thought this was kind of cool. 10 and a half GHS strings. I've never tried 10 and a half strings. I've seen nine and a half. So I've just never thought about 10 and a half. So see something you could try. It's a little different. 10 to 46 Dunlop strings. That's cool. You get some stickers. Of course, they got to pad it up with some cool stickers and stuff. Um, some, some cool stickers. And then some strap locks. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. And um, so basically, like I said, I, I, I talked to them on the phone and they told me their idea and I thought it was really interesting. And um, I unboxed, they sent two of these to me. This is the third one. And uh, I unboxed them on Instagram so you can check them out there if you want to see more about it. But what I'd really like to do is uh show that to you and then do this let me spin 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 and spin uh, hold on let me do it hold on I, how did i, I practice this earlier today okay so scroll this thing scroll it and there it is christopher healy where is he at how did it, okay, it's a random thing it grabbed. Christopher Healy. I don't see you, but that's what it grabbed. Christopher Healy, if you email me at asknowyourgear at gmail.com um, and put Guitar Crate, I will send this to you, that they sent this to me, uh, that we got to check it out. And that's what I was thinking about doing uh, is, is this. is uh, For those of you, if you're interested in me doing this at the end of one show every month, I would unbox this, show it to you guys. I would put a link. If you guys decide to get into this, I will obviously, I think I get a buck or something. I don't know. I, what, I don't know what they figured out. But anyways, but I would give one away too. And I thought that'd be kind of fun. So something, and mostly something to talk about. Maybe we'll see some unique and interesting things inside the box. You know what I mean? This, believe it or not, if you look at the Instagram, the ones they did, those had more interesting things than this one, but this had some cool stuff like that. Strap locks and stuff are pretty nice. So uh, Christopher, just again, remind you, go ahead and message me to that email address. And I'll, and I'll mail this out to you. TJ and the guys at Guitar Crate, I, I really hope that you guys take off with this. I think this stuff's cool. Hey, why not? My kids do this stuff for art supplies and video games and bobbleheads and whatever. People like, I, I get it. People are into this stuff. Why not guitar players? Seems cool. Again, I just want to let you guys know it's honest, honest, just an honest assessment. I'm not affiliated with these guys. So, <laughs> so <laughs> just there you go. Um, that being said, yeah, you can put tens on my Apophone SG. It, so yeah, I'm curious, like I said, um, 
the um so there's that i just thought it'd be cool let me guys definitely let me know what you think of this if you guys think this is something to be interesting i'm only interested if it adds value i don't need need to do this and if it's not entertaining you guys it doesn't have a whole lot of value to me but um i thought i'd share especially since it was uh, they reached out to me and they seemed nice so there you go on that note we're gonna call it and call it real quick of course how we're gonna end it is we're gonna end it the same way i'm going to try not to butcher the names of the people who sponsor this every week uh and uh and that's the live show support crew and of course we know that's jeff howe zachary rowe michael newman bruce in the saltwater whiskey band hannah gunson john jacks michael shy justin mave david madison andrew good andy dennis anthony desposito billy robertson bob crosley bob pickwood brian stewart chris patilio trick chuck keen chief squatch you know it's chief squatch i get it now it's like a pot reference <laughs> okay so anyways chris uh, from new mexico chris glaze craig parker dave reese dennis prescott aaron kamecker uh gary marshall greg peterson jason spacek james biles james biles joe watson john russell jonathan pickering joseph mccarthy kermit jackson larry colkin lawrence petros lonnie hoke michael lindner muse guitarist paul ostrich lewis and alvaro from pedal pal effects ricky robson robert hodges so sam Oram, scott Tompkins, steve hogan tim capacho tim farnsworth todd flowers and zesty basil pizza and if i didn't mention you and you're on this crew and or i'm saying your name wrong please Feel free to again email me at askknowyourgear at gmail.com with the term uh, support crew, and I will make whatever corrections that you 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 know you tell me. Again, I don't mean to to do it incorrectly. Uh, I'm trying to do it the best I can. It's a one man show, and sometimes you make a lot of two man mistakes. <laughs> On that note, thank you guys. I hope you guys have an awesome weekend, and until next week, know your gear. <laughs>